folks, here we go again on the line with another teacher with another COVID-19 check-in. Today we have a special education teacher, a physics enthusiast, and a father, and most of all, a spiker or a cyclist? What do you prefer, Mr. Lyle? It's Mr. Lyle. <laughs> a cyclist. <laughs> I guess that'd be the last of those, that list of things. It should be first. It should have been first. I should have said cyclist first. Uh, changes on the day. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, you know, hanging in there as best we can. But, uh, you know, we're making our way through this interesting time. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this podcast has helped me, you know, not focus on different things and also has the double benefit of chatting with my colleagues whom I miss. That's a good point. I mean... That's that's one of the things that, you know, despite how work and family and stuff is going, it's just that, hey, colleagues and people that I see every day, most of the time, every single work day, it's like just that lack of connection and that lack of, you know, contact with those people. That's one of the big things that's that's different about this. Well, we both got younger kids, so talking with another adult other than our partners, I think that helps. I, I need some adult conversations, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different having a, um, a philosophical discussion with a five-year-old uh, on a daily basis about the, uh, you know, <laughs> realism and symbolism that takes place in Paw Patrol. So I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to more adult conversations. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, you know, no, what, no, we can't do that, right? Like, we just can't. <laughs> exactly, yep. That's it. You can't go to the park. No, we, we, we can't go on the swing. Why not? We just can't. And without, like, scaring them too much, right? So. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's actually really funny when you're talking about kids and trying to explain things to them. My children have somehow ingrained into themselves that any time they're out for going for a family walk or something that, as soon as there's someone coming down the sidewalk, they like scatter. It's this like they know immediately, they, Daddy, there's people coming, and they dive off the sidewalk to one side or another. And it's so I've unintentionally instilled a complete sense of terror in when it comes to, you know, strangers into my children, for better or worse, long term, you know. Well, that's the, the age, right? Like it's very black and white with, uh, oh, totally. with young kids. You, there's no yeah there's no nuance right like it's okay we could just step off to the side we can say hi but not everybody's disease but it's it's hard right like it's better to be safe than sorry i guess but yeah that's a good point about you know moving forward you know how do they interact with strangers in, in the future i think this has an effect on not just young kids, you know, even the older kids that we we're teaching the teenagers, mm -hmm. right? Like this is a traumatic experience for all of well, us. I think it's just, think. it's not just our students too. I think it's just the whole COVID-19 societal change that we've seen, I think is going to be long-term. Like I think of even just interactions, you know, having to go out to, for those essential trips, you know, I still got to go to the grocery store. I've got kids. I limit my trips as much as possible, but you know, you got to go out there and it's interesting that just the default now, just without thinking we're, we're distancing ourselves, right? You know, it's like, you know, you're always staying that as far away from someone as you can, or, you know, if someone's dropping something off, they're dropping it off and walking away. You know, the, the UPS guy came today. He 
I asked him, hey, do you need a signature? He said, nope, I'll just leave it right here and left it at the, the end of my garage. And he walked away. Then I picked it up. But the, the interactions we're going to have after this, you know, how hard is it going to be to get back to being comfortable with being close to people that aren't our immediate family, right? Going and even just shaking someone's hand like that, that is such a, a strange thing now. That's out. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Gonna be I, out. I, I, I can't see. You know, especially in the immediate, um, oh, what's the word? The immediate like recovery of this, like the return to, to normalcy, the immediate return, return to normalcy. Yeah, shaking hands. But even think of like our jobs as as teachers, right? Like we we interact with people all day long. That's our job. We're literally helping people and working with them and discussing things in close quarters with them. You know, it's how do we sit down with a student to help them through a problem or sit down with a colleague to plan something together with that mindset of, Oh yeah, but I still have to be distant from you, but you do want to have that, that like trust to be close enough to someone that, you know, you can work collaboratively with them. I just don't see like how as a, as a society, as a profession, just just in general, like the time it's going to take for us to get back to that. The handshaking thing is a little outdated anyway. I mean, part of it, I if I look, if I try to look at it positively, would be maybe we got to learn to stay home when we're sick a little bit more. Uh, I, I know that teachers are their own worst enemies when it comes to taking days off yeah. while they're sick, right? Like it's more work to stay at home, right? As you know, to, to pick, come up with their lessons and and, and, and activities mm-hmm. and whatnot, and they don't end up doing it, so you got to teach it again anyway, right? So you might as well do it while you're sick and kind of thing, right? But I always tell my colleagues, stay home when you're sick. I've been saying mm-hmm. that for years. Not because I care about you, Mr. Lyle. <laughs> oh, that, no, you're totally right. Like that's, that's exactly it. It's all selfish. We're just like, no, stay away from me. I don't want what you have, you know? But there's always this, like, you know, this, this subconscious pressure, I feel like, as employees, though, and maybe maybe it's because as teachers, we also want, you know, what's best for our students. We want to be there to help them. And we know that if we're not there or we suspect that if we're not there, that, you know, the things that we want to get done with them aren't going to be get aren't going to get done to the extent that we want them to be. So then, you know, we drag ourselves in or, you know, we force ourselves to be like, oh, yeah, whatever, I can I can push through this. But that that was kind of the old norm. But I think you're right in the sense that the new norm could very well be like, no, no, you're sick. Stay home. Don't spread this. Like, I think there's just maybe a higher consciousness about that or a higher level of conscientiousness even. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I know I used to get sick every September and every February. Mm-hmm. Every teacher knows this, right? Every every time we walk in that building, we're fighting new germs because there's a new class. And then again in February... Yep. And because we're switching, you know, switching classes in the second semester. So I've been conscious of this for a long time to the point where last couple of years, I've been wearing gloves to uh, mark my exams because, because they, 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 I see the students, you know, they're bringing with a giant box of tissues and I asked them, you know, is this for after the exam or (laughs) during the exam, you know? (laughs) So they say, no, sir, I'm sick. But I might need it for after the exam too, you know, depending on how the exam goes. 
Well, and I said, I'm, I'm more worried about during the exam when you oh, know, yeah, exactly. you're sneezing all over the exam paper and I, I have to like yep. handle it afterwards, right? And uh, so that's what I started doing. I actually learned that from Mr. Shake. He was nice. doing it. And he was saying, I'm old, man. I, my immune system, I can't handle it. I, I got to wear these gloves. And then I'm like, wait, you know what? If, if he's oh, doing yeah. it, why hey, don't I do it too? That's so, a brilliant idea, actually. Yep. But and again, right? Like it's, you look at the whole COVID situation and what the what are the longer term trickle down impacts going to be? I, I remember, you know, the, the first time I think we were at home was over March break. And I was out getting our regular groceries and I was kind of blown away by the number of people wearing masks and gloves. And I was like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, really? Like, come on, people. And now every time I go out, I'm wearing a mask and gloves. And so, I mean, like, it's at what point maybe these things are just going to be more ingrained into us, right? Like, these are just going to be part of what we do because there's such this heightened sense, whether, whether it needs to be or not long term but a heightened sense of, you know, like fear, right? Like it's the, this, we're kind of in this weird. Um, well, I mean, history sets the culture, right? Like when, when something drastic happens in history, it shifts right. the culture, right? So this is definitely something drastic that's happening in our time. And the culture is going to shift and it will be very normal to see somebody wearing a mask. And you don't assume that you know mm-hmm. they're sick right you may, now like before covid people would be like you know i remember during sars i did that i wore a mask and uh just to be a a, a troublemaker I, I would put on sunglasses <laughs> and, and a hoodie just to see yep. what how people yep. would react to me right and yeah people were 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 you know avoiding me like crossing the street right you know? i was in downtown toronto doing that during sars and but now maybe it's just you know, more accepted. The culture is shifting. Just like I talked to Mr. Dutton about right. 9-11, right? Pre-9-11 and post-9-11, airports are completely different places. Oh, yeah, places, it's, uh, night and day. Right? So this is another thing where something drastic will change how we behave out in public, I think. And, you know, as long as you, like, throw the mask away properly, you know, that's that's right, what bugs exactly. me. You know, like you're just checking on the ground, yeah. like really, like that, I'd rather you not wear a mask. Oh, you know? like, exactly. Come on. Like it's, uh, I think there's a, my opinion of it is that, it, you know, there's this, this weird people are wearing masks, but you know, they have them half on their face and like, I think. It, oh yeah. They're not, they're totally not wearing it properly. Yeah. You're, you're right. They're, people they're are wearing totally- it, I think more for a sense of self, like security, right? Just like that comfort blanket almost. Um you know, we, we, you know, that we've, we've heard that it does prevent people from, you know, speaking moistly to people. So, I mean, that's one benefit, but in terms of actual protection and things like that, I think people are doing it more as a sense of, of security. And then, you know, longer term, I think what that's going to look like and the impact, like, is that just going to be the new normal? Like, I think in our culture in North America, wearing masks is not, or was not, like the norm, right? I remember even seeing students that would walk around with a mask on years ago if they were sick. I mean, that like good for them. Like that's that's nice of them. Hey, you're gonna show up anyway, or at least you're wearing a mask. But it was always that question of like, wait, why are you wearing a mask? Why are you here if you're wearing a mask? And maybe that's just going to be 
you know, you're sick. If you have to be somewhere or maybe there is a the cold and flu season every fall and winter that goes around, maybe that's just the new norm. I mean, I hope not because I, I feel like we lose a sense of that. Even with someone you don't know, you, you lose that sense of human connection when someone's wearing a mask. But I can't predict the future. It's a difficult thing, cultural change, right? It, it's it's either uh, we adapt it very quickly, or it, you know we we reject it as uh, people. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see. But speaking about like going back to you know people going to work mm-hmm. sick, right? And they're coughing all over the place, and you're sharing a computer station. Yeah, you know, like if they were wearing a mask, it would be less likely for right. that to spread, right? So, I mean, if you understand it from that perspective, hey, it's actually not bad. It just looks weird, right? Um, it's not going to be an easy transition. But going back to the people, like my wife used to work in a hospital a long time ago. I think she did during SARS too, I think, around okay. there. She worked in a hospital. And she would go, like, you know, recently she would go to the grocery store and just see everybody doing it incorrectly, right? You might as well not wear it just right. so that you're more comfortable. Like people are drink, people are still drinking. Like, like they have like a bottle <laughs> right, of water, yeah. or whatever, while they're grocery shopping, and they're wearing the mask and the glove, yeah. and then they're drinking from it. It's like it defeats the oh, purpose exactly. of wearing the mask and the gloves, right? So you're right in in that it's more like a security blanket for people. They're wearing it to think that it's protecting them. It's almost yeah. like a placebo, right? If you think if you if you think it's protecting you, then yeah, maybe maybe it does protect you. Uh, I, I, I maybe we need to come up with a like a handshake, something replacement for a handshake. You know, F- finger <laughs> finger guns. Maybe that's do that do that like a foot tap or something. Yeah, bow and curtsies, or you know, take your pick. You know, it depends. I mean, like, can I can I wear? I, I make a bunch of history jokes now, and then everyone is just going to tune out, right? So it's like, <laughs> can I wear purple all the time? Can I do this and that? Yeah, we'll see who the history buffs are. I don't know. I don't, oh, well, I didn't yeah. get that reference either. But we're, we're leaving this in. We're leaving this in. We're not cutting this out. Just in case that one person gets it. Let's end on a positive note. You know, what do you look forward to when uh, COVID-19 ah, is over? I think there's a, there's a lot of things. I mean, like it's the things that the things that I am liking about this situation right now are the fact that you know, whether, I mean, as teachers, we're in the lucky, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here, I think. Um, as teachers, we're lucky because we get the summers off, right? We have that time when our kids are young to spend time with them, to spend time with our families, to do all of those things. And I think kind of everyone's getting, or most people that at least are, are, are working from home are getting that experience. They're They're spending time with their family. They're spending time like more quality time to, I hope anyway, more quality time together, right? And and your family unit, as long as you have that unit, you've got that better experience, I hope. What I'm looking forward to though is is kind of that return to normalcy, I guess. And I don't think normalcy is the right word because I don't ever see us going back to the way it was before, kind of like some of the things we talked about. Like, I mean... I think work is going to be different. I think society is going to be different. I think our the way we interact with people and the relationships are going to be different. But I think the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is, and this is kind of weird when we were just talking about the handshakes, is that 
physical contact piece with people that aren't, you know, my child and my spouse, my children and my spouse. Like, I just, I, I want to go and like shake someone's hand. I want to give someone a high five when they've done a, a good job. You know, I want to, I want to go and hug my grandmother and, you know, my parents and, you know, even, you know, people that I, that I ride bikes with, just being able to see them again and spend time with them in the real world. You know, as much as I love my family and like I said, like the quality time that I'm getting with them is amazing. I, I also miss the other people that aren't my family. Like, I just want to be able to like, even, even see you and be like, Hey, Fong, how's it going, man? Like see, see you at work and we can stop and chat and, you know, returning to whatever sense of normalcy we can get back after all this is done. That's the thing I look forward to most. Well, that's what isolation takes away, isn't it? Yep. Right. That's the definition of quarantine and isolation that you are apart from others. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I do feel a better connection with my own children as well in during these times. And, you know, I, there are days where we spend way more time at school than yep. we do at home, especially for someone who uh, who has a long commute like yours, right? Like you, you, you spend you spend less time in your own home than in the building that you work at. So this is there is a blessing in disguise there for uh, for parents of young children. I guess it can get it can get a little bit, you know, <laughs> a yeah, little bit. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> You know, trying to explain to a five-year-old, you know, why they can't have candy for the, for lunch, you know, like, <laughs> every day, yeah. having the same conversation. So, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, to to seeing everyone. To uh, you know, you know, FaceTime is not the same, right? Like, no, exactly. The the physical presence. I think our brain. I really believe this. Our brain, you know, um, evolutionary wise, right, has to have that. Um, connection. Otherwise, like seeing somebody on the screen while not having them physically there, I think messes with our brain and how we um, interpret that interaction. Yeah. I, I really yeah. think that, like, just body language and just I don't know everything. E everything about just seeing the screen of a talking head is abnormal to me. So right. I don't love doing it. I I I I prefer not. I rather this. At least this. I don't see your face. So I know it, I'm like kind of on a phone call. You know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. I, I grew up with phone calls as you did, right? So yeah. this is kind of normal for me, even though I haven't done calls in a long time, just mostly texting. Yep. You know, with that said, um, thank you very much for coming on with us. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. It's been good. And uh, definitely we'll uh, have to have you back to discuss your teaching career in the future, for, you know, if our podcast continues. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Sounds good. Yeah, you as well. Have a good one, man. Take care. Take care.